Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young graves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them and drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed. I am your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me for another awesome episode. This one is highly anticipated. Me and Dr. Monzo get ourselves into quite a fun and crazy conversation on this part three of our series here. Not to spoil it, but to throw a couple topics out that we dive into. Human abductions and when there's human mutilations during those abductions, the parts of the body that are removed precisely by whoever, whatever these creatures are that have been mutilating and abducting humans as well as cattle all around the world, that signature mark that gets removed, when you guys hear what that is and what it has to do with, for some of you, it's going to connect some puzzle pieces together. For others, it's going to freak you guys out. And I'm telling you guys, it is not what you're thinking. So just stick around for this one. We talk about if the environment is being poisoned as we suppose it is by these contrails, our food is poisoned, the soil is depleted of nutrients. Why would the enemy also poison themselves? Well, unless that enemy isn't like us and they are resistant to that poison. This is just a crazy cool episode. We cover so many topics. It's just one of those ones you got to stick around for it. Get your notepad out, get your pen out. It's that kind of episode. And we're just winding up because Dr. Monzo is coming back again. Yeah, we're not satisfied with three parts. 
there's so many topics and we've gotten so much feedback we truly do believe that four or five parts are the bare minimum for what we need to cover here on our mini series with dr monzo sometimes at the end of my episodes i put snippets of behind the scenes conversation that i have with the guest and this is one where I leave a clip at the very end after the music stops playing for you guys to listen to where Dr. Monzo is telling us about when AI was learning to draw humans originally, they kept drawing all humans with six fingers and six toes. Every time you guys share this episode, we have the opportunity to find another person just like me and you. And we get to beat the algorithms and we definitely are on the blacklist or X list, whatever you want to call it, where we get shadow banned and we don't have a large presence in many places because the guy up in the airways, the prince of this world, he does not like what I'm talking about. But the calling is greater than the disgruntled enemy that continues to try to make my life difficult. So... If all of you out there are willing to plant a seed to keep me in prayer, to encourage us over here on the mustard seed, planting a seed does not go to waste. You can do that by praying for us, by donating monthly, by doing a one-time donation, or by purchasing the book that I released early this month. It's called The Words Are Salt. And you can find details in the show notes as how you can help us to grow for the plans that are ahead. And we got some wild plans, you guys. So this is a team effort. We're gonna need all hands on deck, posted, ready, and willing. And it is about time for us to jump into this episode. I am ready. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Alfonso Monzo, MD, and you are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed. Dr. Monzo, it is awesome to be back with you for this part three. Once again, highly anticipated. It's an honor to have you here with me again, bro. Honor to be back. Round so, three. Round three, here we go. Let's see what we get ourselves into this time. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's amazing to to be led by the spirit and the information that's unfolding. It's changing the game as we know it in many ways. I've gotten an influx of emails, um, a lot of people reaching out. Um, I'm assuming the same thing on your end. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I just so, encourage people, if you need information or you want to reach out, go ahead and reach out. Just understand that usually I'm pretty busy. So if you don't get an answer right away, uh, you know. It's coming. <laughs> I think you sent me an email almost a year ago to have me on your show. Yeah, I think it was like eight months ago at least. Yeah. Yeah. But the timing. There's something about the timing. Hmm. Something to think about. But man, really, we're just going to jump right into it. There's so much going on right now. We have an idea of what we want to cover, but I do believe in the freedom of allowing the spirit to lead. There's some information that you are going to knock our socks off with here today. And I got some pretty interesting questions as well. So copper, big topic yes. of conversation. We covered it extensively in part two. Here's just some thoughts that I had regarding to copper. And I'm speculating and, and just thinking, but 
is copper higher in Nephilim individuals by design? Do they have a certain diet <laughs> and occult knowledge of this stuff that lessens the effects of the poisonous material introduced into our environment? What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a really interesting question. I would have to say yes. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, um, obviously copper used to be a lot higher in the environment. Well, here, yeah, oh my goodness, we, we can go everywhere now. I just have a flood of things coming to my mind. I was, asked, I was just mentioning uh, off-air Morley Robbins. Morley Robbins has something called the Root Cause Protocol. And that's how I really got involved in the copper iron stuff. He has some great stuff. I can't say we agree on everything, and I don't know where he lines up with his uh, religious beliefs. Uh, he does a really good job going through research papers. And so how he started was uh, he used to run a hospital. He was going to actually become a medical doctor, but he couldn't cut it. So then he decided he would run the hospitals. And then he realized the hospitals were not really helping people. So what he did is he started reading medical literature journals and research papers. And he disciplined himself to read three to four hours worth of medical research every day. And he's been doing it for, I don't know, 20, 30 years now. So he started finding stuff that like no one's talking about. So he figured out all this copper stuff. And then when I came along, I saw it and I was like, oh, this fits right into weaponized pathogens and nanotech and what the Nephilim are doing. And oh, look, it fits right in with the matrix. So I kind of took it to a whole different level. Now, in his training, since he's a little bit more into the whole evolutionary concept, so they have this teaching that there is this great oxygen event, and that is where they, <laughs> it's so stupid, they say that uh, oxygen evolved on Earth because there was no oxygen in the beginning. It's like, what? Okay. And then when oxygen evolved, 99% of uh, the world's population died because they weren't able to metabolize it correctly. And uh, that then became the issue with the iron and the oxygen and why the body needed copper. Now, I look at that and I go, well, I don't think that's the real story. I think the real story is there was a lot of copper in the environment. And probably iron was buried very deep in the soil. And then there was something called a worldwide flood. And so it wasn't the oxygen that didn't exist. It was actually probably more oxygen in the environment, but our body was able to handle more oxygen because there was higher copper content and our iron was in check, in balance, so that we were able to activate and then carry oxygen correctly in our body. And after the flood, uh, the oxygen dropped significantly. And I think the flood turned everything upside down. Yes. So a lot of the copper, I think, got buried and the iron came to the surface. And so now we live in a very oxidative uh, world post-flood. So that kind of gets right into this too. It's like, that means copper was probably readily available. Now think about the technology they could have had if they had copper readily available to them in a post-flood world because anyone who studies copper realizes we use it in our electrical cords. Why? Because it can carry electricity uh, a lot faster than most other metals. 
they use it in electoral culture, which is coming back. And I think I mentioned that in one of our so- uh, shows that people are learning how to make copper coils or even taking a copper pipe and just sticking it in the ground next to your plants. And the copper pulls in the ether, which is the medium that everything in the electromagnetic world exists in. And your plants grow way bigger, stronger, without spraying them, without even using any type of fertilizer. And sometimes they can even grow during the winter. So copper has this ability to help things grow more efficiently. So that's so So you wonder what were they using copper even in the body, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, immediately as you're talking, I'm thinking of like rainforests still here today in this world. Mm -hmm. We know that they draw, there's a lot of water present. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot more green growth and they're pulling up a lot more nutrients from the earth because you have a connected root system there. So it's like, is there more copper present in a rainforest? That's why things that are typically smaller everywhere else in the world are larger in a rainforest, but fascinating. Okay, so Gary Wayne, he talks about red-haired, black-haired, blonde-haired giants, right? All these cultures being infected. Well, one of the things you talked about that was super significant for me was copper and the amount of that in the body relating to or regulating the skin color and the hair color. What if the Nephilim bloodlines, they have the secret occult knowledge of the pharmacia, right? Giving these elites a baseline of what to do and how to be, I guess you could say optimal depending on their climate. Now it's not every single time, but when we look at colder regions, for example, people there typically have more hair on their chest or their back. It's not every time, but it's, it's pretty typical. You look at Germans or Italians or Swedish people, or, you know, typically we have a lot more hair on our chest and our back and our arms, um, but a lighter skin color. So maybe there's something there where warmer climate people typically have less body hair, but a darker skin tone. It just makes me wonder. Yeah. And we we do know, like, I think I I did mention in the second show that certain ethnic groups, usually those who are darker and have dark hair or red hair, uh, typically have more receptor sites in their body for copper. You know, with the inbreeding and the crossbreeding and the genetic manipulation they were doing during the days of Noah, you really have to wonder because uh, I think they were using witchcraft and sorcery and pharmacia to grow bigger. I don't think yeah. this idea that they just produced giants just came, you know, like, oh, look at what happened. And they're just bigger for some reason. I think they were purposely trying to make themselves bigger. And who knows what they were doing with copper then. One of the things we didn't mention, I don't think because we had the time, but we were talking about how one of the major places for copper in your body is the mitochondria. Well, you know, the textbooks are such nonsense. We do just state it like this. 90% of what we call science in this country, and I don't know how bad it is in the rest of the world, but I'm guessing it's pretty much the same these days. 90% of what we call science isn't science. It's scientism. Any field of science you can go into, you find out that A lot of it is just fancy pictures that someone drew and what they're drawing on a piece of paper. No one has actually really seen that way. And when we get into the cell, it's the same thing. You have these pictures of the cells and they usually draw a mitochondria in there, maybe two. It's quite ridiculous because the average cell has up to 500 mitochondria in the cell. Fascinating. Now the brain can have millions of mitochondria Mm. per nerve 
But besides the brain, what do you think is the largest tissue in the male or female body that has the most amount of mitochondria? Well, the skin is the largest organ on the human body, right? Mm-hmm, but nope. Whoa. It's actually the female egg. The female egg can have up to 30 to 90,000 mitochondria per egg cell. Why? Because there is a super abundant amount of energy that needs to take place to conceive. And there's a spark of light when the egg and the sperm come together. So I was just reading this article. This is the National Library of Medicine. And the article is entitled, Iron and Copper in the Male Reproductive System, a Double-Edged Sword. And then they have another one that's uh, the involvement of copper in the female reproductive system. And here in this, this article, they're talking about an imbalance in iron and copper can greatly affect the male and female reproductive system. Well, it only makes sense because if you have all of these mitochondria in the female egg and you have a lot in the sperm as well, that means you need a lot of copper for reproductive. And if you're depleting people's copper, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have fertility issues. Well, does that sound familiar? So then when you think think about that with the Nephilim and what the fallen uh, watchers were doing, it's like, okay, so they had to know that, right? So what were they doing to artificially make fertility better or to change things in, in the, on, on the gene level during reproduction? So I know L.A. Marzulli had a new film that, that either just came out or is coming out soon. And he talks about the connection between the alien abductions and cattle mutilation. Mm-hmm. And L.A. will be coming on here again in the very near future. For the listener's sake, you guys keep an eye out for that episode is already scheduled. But one of the connections that what you're talking about makes me think with what L.A. is showing is that the blood that's being drawn out of these cows, right? So if we have the, the thought process here that copper is, let's just say, sufficient within these Nephilim bloodlines. And then we have the idea of quantum entanglement with the multi-layered idea of the physical manifestation of the mutilation of cows, Doc, and the blood being drawn out of the cows. Are they using quantum entanglement and able to have an inhibitor uh, um, or a place where they can grow human children using this multi-layered? <laughs> it's Hold on, I can't even do this. It just gets so weird and so deep. I don't even know if I want to actually say what I'm thinking. I need to marinate a little bit more on this, but Okay. Let, let, let me. Well, I have I mean, 20 directions I could go right now. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So ultimately, the foundation we've laid, it is clear to see that the enemy wants a weakened and docile generation of men, hands down. Yes. I want to dive into the ether a little bit more. I think that that is fascinating to kind of, will you lay a foundation for us about yes. what the ether is? Because we've been lied to. It's not what they told us. And before that, Let's just say one more thing. So you need your healthy fats and normally animal fats for this to work. This is why I am still a big proponent of having healthy biblical meats in the diet because the only way the, the copper actually becomes bioavailable in your body is with retinol. Now, retinol is animal sourced vitamin A only. Yeah, the biggest source you get it is cod liver oil. Other than cod liver oil, where do you think the most retinol comes from? Animal glandulars. So animal organs, glands, liver. So beef liver is usually a 
phenomenal source or used to be a phenomenal source of copper. Now, that retinol helps to get the copper into the cerebral plasmid. Now, the other forms of vitamin A, which is your beta carotene that usually comes from plants, doesn't work. The other form of retinol would be called retinol uh, palamate. No, that doesn't sound right. I just, my brain just did a brain fart or something here. <laughs> but that is a synthetic form of vitamin A. And so, yeah, I think it's retinol palamate. Now, so if you see that word on a bottle, you probably want to run away because you know they're using a synthetic form. It doesn't work. Now, retinol has all kinds of amazing principles that no one likes to talk about. You know, you can't use your vitamin D correctly without retinol. And they found very early that most of what people are giving credit for vitamin D is actually vitamin A that's controlling it, not the D. In fact, you we could get on a whole topic of the lies about vitamin D because everyone pushes it, but it's a big old lie. You get D naturally from the sun. It's actually not a vitamin. D is a steroid hormone your body produces. Interesting. And the majority of vitamin D out there is pharmaceutical steroid yes, hormone. Exactly. And they're not measuring it right because there's two different forms. Actually, there's 19 different forms of D in the body. They're only measuring one in your blood. And they think they know what it's doing. Hmm. And the form they're measuring in your blood is the inactive form, which means it does nothing. So they're measuring the form that does nothing and telling you you're low. Yeah. Wow. So we need to understand that a lot of what's been attributed to D is really the A. And the A, without the A, you can't actually metabolize your D. They're both fat soluble. But one is actually a vitamin and one is actually a hormone. Mm. The point is a lot of this actually has to come from animal or animal tissue. When you get the proper fats in the body, you can get the proper copper into the ceruloplasmin. The ceruloplasmin carries, is supposed to be carrying 95% of all of your copper in the blood, and it is the delivery device that delivers the copper to all the different organs and tissues of the body. So if that, you think about the Nephilim, what were they big on? Eating animals, humans, drinking the blood. What do you think they were consuming high amounts of? Now, what do you think is the greatest chelator of copper? It's actually glyphosate. Mm -hmm. Glyphosate is a perfect copper chelator. So since the use of pesticides, almost all the pesticides pull out copper, but glyphosate is the worst. And I think this is just shows us, you know, there's these parables in the Bible of the parables of the wheat and the tares. And to put it in so many little words, I, I love what Brad Scott used to say. He used to be a, a kind of more of a Hebrew roots type teacher out there. When you take things back, he was really good in the Hebrew language, Hebrew word pictures. So when he would take things back to the Hebrew word pictures, he's like, you know, everything can be summarized in a picture of a, a house, a family, and a piece of land. Because the root words of most Hebrew words are agricultural or family-oriented with a house and a land and a, you know, piece of property. So the interesting thing in the scripture is we always have all these parables, and it's always about what you see when you look out the window, or at least what we used to see when we looked out the window. Land, trees, gardens, people, reproduction, animals, all these principles are there. Now think about what's going on in the spiritual world and compare that to the physical world, because in the Bible it says what? We can understand from the physical what's going on in the spiritual. The physical and the spiritual are representations of each other. Correct. What have they done? They have come out with Genetically altered food, GMOs, sprays that are pesticides, herbicides that aren't helping anything. But what do the sprays hurt? Only really the 
natural food gets destroyed by the spraying. They have genetically altered the GMO food to not be hindered by the spraying. Did you know Monsanto has that in their seeds? Their seeds and their produce does not get negatively affected by the chemical spraying they're doing. Only the natural plants do. So this gets us to the bigger principle. I think sometimes when people want to ask, okay, so if there's a group of people out there, you know, you might call it the deep state, we know what they really are. They're the fallen ones. But people get this idea of why would they be doing all this stuff that they're doing to the environment? Why are they spraying us with toxic chemicals? Why are they making weaponized pathogens? Why are they making nanotechnology? Aren't they hurting themselves? Well, maybe we're asking the wrong question. Maybe the real answer is the people who are behind this, they already are mixed and mingled. They already are GMO. And they don't care about polluting the environment because they've already been altered. So what they're spraying doesn't alter them any. Everything they're doing is to change the natural seed and to alter it into what they have become. Fascinating. Kind of gets into finalizing what you were talking about there. Yeah. So, so people can get a bigger picture of, you know, they, they know all this stuff. Oh, that opens up a whole nother series. <laughs> that opens just, up a whole nother series. Yes, it does. And just to and, comment on what you were saying a couple of minutes ago, like yeah. it, it's only us, you know, worker bees that are out here with a harness on our back contributing to this bee system that most people don't even know that they're, they're actually building their own destruction in the end by participating and increasing it. Fascinating. One more fascinating thing. And I think I presented this to LA once because you were talking about his work and how he has found, you know, these, there's these mutilations and sometimes they find them on people in the pictures of when they found these people who are left somewhere, they're dead and they have this mutilation done to them. But the weird thing is they have these perfect circles cut out of them about three inches, maybe above the nipple, right on kind of on the chest. There's this perfect symmetrical circle usually. But no one can figure out how it happens. There's no blood loss. It's like they don't know what kind of surgical technology could have cut these things perfectly out of the body with the technology we have. Now, one of the interesting things, and this is why I brought it up to LA once at one of the conferences we were at, I was attending and he was speaking and some other people, I think it was called the Mingled Seed Conference or something. I said, well, I know what that is. And he said, what? I'm like, well, you know, there's these Hebrew letters on the body that control everything. And that exact spot that they're cutting out is one of the Hebrew letter control points. It's point number 13, it's the Mem. Because in Hebrew, Mem, the ancient pictograph looks like water. And the idea of Mem is kind of like a twofold. It's blessing and curses. I think it's numbers actually 40. It brings this concept of blessings and curses of being birthed through water. And when you look at your mem words, you get your mother and monarch and maternity. You get all these words that have to do with reproduction. Well, guess what is the number one point on the body that controls the body's reproductive functioning? It's that point. All right, dude, I'm falling out of my chair. <laughs> Are they harvesting that point oh, off of people's physical God. bodies? Quantum Unless entanglement. they are purposely messing with reproduction. Yes. 
supposedly the largest remaining underground Nephilim bases are under the ocean. That's what other people say. I can't say that I disagree because I can't prove or disprove that. But Dr. Laura Sanger has some fascinating stories about battling, I guess you could say, through prayer and worship and just learning about these water spirits that are territorial as well. Very fascinating. So I think we we're, wanted we're to not, get into the ether unless we want to stay on this topic. We're not we could... quite ready for the ether yet. <laughs> I was jumping the gun. <laughs> we're, we're having fun. Oh, Lord. Okay. So I have a statement that was sent by a good friend of the show, Pete, who hosts mm-hmm. uh, him and his brother, Luke, the Days of Noah podcast, right? And he did this, I think it's a three-part series with Tom Althaus. And Tom is the original creator of what we know today as the matrix. And it was called originally the immortals. I'm not going to share all the details If people are interested in that whole story. He's got receipts. He has the whole thing laid out there, but it was stolen from him. And there's a flip-flop that takes place here. And this is, this is provocative to say the least doc in the original script, the immortals, the blue pill was the good one, not the red pill. Of course. <laughs> it was the copper. Yes. Not and the iron. A, uh, upside down world, right? That's what the occult yeah, everything's does, upside man. down. That's so fascinating. Now, I also just want to give a quick shout out to my buddy, Nick Long from United Fitness. He's a holistic nutritionist and physical trainer. You guys on the podcast have heard a couple mini messages from him, but he sent in uh, an interesting question here. He said, I would love to know. Dr. Monzo's thoughts on electromagnetic energy from foods. He's aware of something that is called an agnostrom of energy. That is the measurement of the amount of frequency. And also what is a bio photon, which is a light code frequency that's emitted from the sun. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, okay. Well, actually that gets into the ether here in a minute. There's a lot of different ways to measure that. So that gets into a conversation about ether and light and all that stuff. One of the ones I use here actually measures the um, organ energy. Oh, but what was the guy who discovered all that? It starts with a W. I can't. Wil- Wilhelm? No, that doesn't sound right. I know his name starts with a W, but he did a lot of research on organelle or organ energy, which is kind of like the, if you had to compare it to something that we see in the movies, it would almost be like the force in the movie, The Jedi's. But it's this, this life force energy that exists in all living substances. Even non-living substances can emit this, this energy. <clears throat> but the energy is there because everything has to come from energy, which we will get to in a minute when we get to this ether stuff. And so there's a company that made it, they call it an experimental life energy meter, which I happen to have one. I have all kinds of meters, of course. It's a fascinating thing. One of the things you can do with this meter, and this is one of the things I did with someone or, or a group of people, they had a, I think they were having a Bible study and I got like a home church Bible study and I got invited and we did an experiment with GMO, corn versus organic corn. And we got heirloom organic corn uh, seeds and then we got GMO seeds and we got uh, organic certified corn chips and GMO corn chips. And you have to measure everything out perfectly so it's the exact same weight the exact same you know if it's three chips for the gmo then it's three chips for the organic about the same size and weight and you put it on this meter now the reason why it's called experimental is because there is no actual 
agreed upon scale, right? Like in electromagnetism, we have a scale of wavelength and frequency, and things are pretty much put on that scale because that's how we've been measuring things for years is frequency and wavelength. But when it comes to these really subtle energy systems that have been very difficult to measure in the past, and people don't even want to believe they exist, it's kind of like, well, what's the scale? So no one knows. No one has a, there is no organization out there that's certifying, oh, we believe it should be measured in these numbers. So it's called an experimental meter. But the interesting thing is when you put the organic food, or let's start with the GMO, the GMO food on there, whether it's just the seeds or the chips, you will get a very low reading, you know, maybe like a three or four or five. You put the same type of food on there, but it's organic, it's real food, and it will shoot up, you know, like three or four times that much. So it might shoot up to a number of 50. Now we know because of Corellian photography, which is photography that can actually capture the energy field, the light field around things. When you see the light field of a real organic food, whatever it is, apple, let's just say, there's this nice, beautiful uh, electrical light field around it. Now, if you look at like a GMO apple, if there was a such thing, there probably is now with Bill Gates involved, but uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it would have a, a very distorted field. It would almost not look at anything. And in fact, you can do this all the way down to the molecular structure, because a lot of times, especially in this field, there's a huge argument still, even in the holistic field, because of the, the enemy coming in and confusing things as to the difference between uh, organic uh, whole food supplements, so whole food nutrition, whole food-based nutrients, vitamins, uh, minerals, so things that actually come from food versus synthetic vitamins that are made in a laboratory. Because modern science, which is very much into reductionism and Newtonian physics only, they don't understand quantum, they don't understand really anything. Uh, and, you know, things in the quantum world energetically function different than in the world of Newtonian physics. And they don't like that because they think everything is measurable and seeable and the reality is there's a lot we can't see. There's a lot we can't measure. And just because we can't see and we can't measure it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means we can't perceive it. But in that world, they believe that chemically, synthetic chemicals look exactly the same as naturally occurring chemicals. But it's actually not true. If you look at the energy field of them by using something like Corellian photography, you will see that the synthetic ones are really distorted. And the organic ones or the naturally occurring chemicals usually have these beautiful electrical fields around them in light. So what man is doing in a laboratory is not the same. In fact, we can even do this with really high powered electro electronic microscopes now. Yeah. With electron microscopes, if you look at synthetic vitamins, they will have very sharp, rigid, <clears throat> like crystal-like formations. And they'll be really big. If you look at whole food nutrition, the same vitamin from food, th the particle size is really small and they're nice little round particles. 
they're not these big rigid crystal formation. So even with the electron microscope, we can see there's a clear difference between synthetic B9 and whole food B9. But they don't want you to know that. And what's important to understand is, I think we got into this on our first show, you have these different uh, organizational structures of the body that they find you can find in any anatomy, physiology book, biology book, and they all start with chemistry, right? And they say chemicals come together to form cells and then form, cells form tissues and so on. But they all miss the first level. The first level in reality is the informational level, which is electromagnetism. That's the level of light, information, and energy. That's what powers things and gives it the energy, and that's what gives it the information. Now, the reason why that's so important and the reason why they leave it out, because it doesn't fit evolution. Because if the first level of all existence is the electromagnetic informational energy level, well, now you have to ask the question, who's all powerful that can create that energy? And who's all knowing that can program that with the information it needs to do what it's designed to do? Because that's the software level. See, there has to be a source. Well, they don't like that in evolution. So they take out that whole idea. So they don't want to talk about this type of stuff hmm. because it's proof there had to be an intelligent creator because energy doesn't come from nowhere and information doesn't come from nowhere. The energy and the information that then creates the chemistry level had to come from somewhere. Exactly. And so what we see when we see a synthetic chemical is it does not have the information and the energy that God created and put in the foods. And the vitamins and minerals that God created are not the same as what man's making in the laboratory. What man's making in the laboratory lacks the information and lacks a lot of the energy that is required to carry out function. So when that goes into your body, your body doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. There's no software. There's no information. The body sees it as just more toxicity. Wow. It sounds exactly like what the book of Enoch talks about when the fallen ones sinned against the plants and the animals and, and everything. It's unbelievable. And stuff like episodes like this and what you're presenting gives people a choice to make up their mind to actually begin to digest some of this material and take it in prayer. And if you're experiencing any of this stuff or this is making sense to you, which, which I, we know it is because we've gotten a plethora of responses from people all over the place, just from part one and part two this far, you're not crazy and you are not alone. Now, doc. Okay. I mean, so and we, we even know that, you know, the Bible talks about the, even the rocks would cry out. Yes. Well, you know, we've done experiments now where scientists have put little meters on plants and found that plants obviously have uh, electrical output in a reading. Like they would threaten the plant and the plant would respond. Oh yeah. That's why people say talk to the plant. And then I mean, that's actually like a plants. thing. Yeah. There are people who do farming where they play uh, healthy, like uh, Mozart type music. Yes. Or maybe they should go back to the whole tones over the plants and the plants yes. grow bigger. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you think is going on there? And that's why when we get into the, you know, the electroculture, what we're finding out is the ancient farming tools were probably copper. Yeah. Why? Because in our body, we have electrical systems. But do 
people realize there are electrical grid lines on the earth? Ley lines. And using copper tools do not disturb those electrical systems. But when you started, when they started using iron-based tools like Daniel, the book of Daniel, all of a sudden you have this statue of the toes and the feet, the, uh, the toes mixed with iron and clay. When they started using iron tools, it cuts those lines and messes up the electromagnetic fields of the earth. And now your plants are gonna, aren't going to grow well. You know what? It really makes me wonder. Uh, so while talking with Dan Duvall over the years, you know, and mentioning ley lines and trying to figure out, I mean, it's, it's this is like a full-time job just to comprehend the stuff that I'm already learning, but this is an area of something that I'd like to dive into in the future. We know that religious organizations, specifically the Catholic Church, has planted most of their buildings on these uh, intersections of ley lines on like, you know, places. The Hartman grid lines and then there's the, um, the Hartman grid lines are the ones that run north and south. Well, it's always at a place of significance too. It's always where like something like really big happened or they're, yep. okay. So even I can't think what, of the other one, but there's another one that runs diagonal. Okay. Uh, it would come to me eventually, but people would call this geopathic stress. Sometimes they cause problems, but yeah, it's really interesting. Okay. So we were talking off air and you had mentioned about the American Indian culture when, you know, back in the day, they did not want their picture taken. <laughs> this makes so much sense, dude. Talk about that for a second, because you're talking obviously about organic materials, being able to have a photo signature with them that can be captured under the microscope. There's a yeah, lot well, to that. We know with the, with a glossy photo, like old pictures used to be, uh, probably not so much digital, but with the glossy photo, it captures the body's biofield. And there's almost like a quantum entanglement there. So um, just like your other guest, Dr. Robert, uh, he, he, I think he's doing his testing off of the voice print, right? Where there's a yes. lot of ways you can test a person at a distance. Yeah. You can test a person with a voice print. Uh, you can test a person if you have a DNA sample. Uh, their actual signature. It, it can't be a photocopy of the signature, but their actual signature uh, is connected to them and a glossy photo. So it's really interesting because the, the, the Indians didn't like their pictures being taken because they said it was capturing their spirit or their soul. And you just have to wonder like, what were they able to, to realize? Uh, another really weird story. I don't know if you ever heard this one about, uh, was it Vietnam? I think it was Vietnam about the, uh, tracking. So obviously we had a major disadvantage to the Vietnamese because they could hide really well and they were able to track. And, uh, you know, that was like guerrilla warfare. And so one of the answers was to bring in Native Americans into the military who could track for us. And they almost had like a sixth sense where they, you know, you really couldn't sneak up on them. You couldn't. Uh, they were able to track really well. So, you know, when they were asleep, you couldn't just sneak up on them and capture them, you know. And so they got these Native Americans and put them in the military to get over there and try to track the Vietnamese. And something interesting happened. When they got over there, they couldn't do it. They had completely lost their power to track. And they were able to be snuck up on and surprised. And they couldn't figure out what's going on. So they did a whole study on it. 
And they found out, well, what changed? Well, one of the things is when they joined the military, they shaved their heads. And they found out that your hair is like an antenna and it's an extension. And when they had longer hair, they had greater abilities to pick up from the environment. And when they shaved their heads, they lost their tracking ability. They kind of lost that sixth sense. So that's a whole nother rabbit trail. <laughs> wow. Well, I had somebody um, pass away and I was in the presence as they took their last breath um, about eight years ago. And I'll never forget the feeling. Um, something entered the room. It, something came from a far distance off a powerful force. Like I felt it coming when it was like hundreds of yards away and it grew in presence and power as it got close to me. And I looked and I watched um, my grandfather take his last breath and I knew exactly what was happening and all the hair on my body was standing up on end. And mm -hmm, it was like mm -hmm. a reverence. It, it wasn't fear. It was the strangest feeling, but that never left me. So it's just fascinating fascinating well, how then just think about our, our culture for a minute who who are typically the more spiritually sensitive individuals male or female hmm i would say female and it's, who it's, has longer hair typically typically female well it's hard to say today no i, I shouldn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> female <laughs> wow but this could okay. be a perfect segue into the ether Yes. So where we would start is uh, in Genesis. So, you know, you have the spirit. The spirit of the creator is hovering over the waters. But well, that's interesting, right? Vibrating over the waters. And then he says, let there be light. And there was light. Well, we can get all into the plasma physics right there. But the thing that's interesting is that word there for light is or in english it would be spelled o-r-e or there are other words for light yeah and i don't think we always get the right kind of connotation of this word because <laughs> like i think most people have heard the word menorah which is where we get like the candlestick but that would be more of a light source of something that's actually putting off light so when you go to a epilogical dictionary and look up the word or and see how it was historically used, let me give you a list of words here. And you tell me, does this sound like light that we think of when we think of turning on a light? It can be tr translated as light, shine, ventilate, air, order, breather, fire, heat, Glow, lightning, morning, sun, flood, herbs, daylight, bright and clear. Wow. When I take all those words together and put them together, I say this word is actually talking about the ether. The first thing he created was the ether. And uh, I think I mentioned this in our last show. If it wasn't your show, it was someone else's show. But the... Um, you know, all the founders of what we now have in electrical engineering all unanimously said the ether was fundamental. And without it, you couldn't have anything electromagnetic because it is the primary 
uh, what am I looking for? I lost the word for it. Not a primary force, but kind of like a medium. So Tesla and Steinmetz and Heaviside and Maxwell, all these guys knew there was an ether. And there were people that disagreed with them. And there's still people today who don't have a clue that there's an ether. They think ether is some new agey term. And it's like, no, it's ether is the medium in which everything exists out of. And then out of the ether, you have things like scalar, plasma, and electromagnetic waves. I really, we should call them fields because they're really, they're all different uh, field, uh, what would we call them? Perturbations of the ether. So depending on how the ether is working in space and time, then uh, different forms of ether become what we experience as electromagnetic fields. Some forms of it would be plasma fields and even scalar fields. Now, scalar is one of those words that everyone's throwing around today and no one has a clue what it is. Uh, There's so much lies out there. Because uh, people will go to Rife and be like, oh, Rife was doing scalar fields. No, no, he wasn't. So if someone's selling a scalar wave device, I would be really hesitant. Because Rife was, or not Rife, uh, Nikolai Tesla, he wasn't dealing in scalar fields. Uh, what he was doing was mathematics. And there's a certain type of scalar mathematics when you're trying to pinpoint th- things in time space, there's, there's a whole thing on math. That was a type of math he was using. It wasn't a type of field. So people, were, you know, everything's been taught to us wrong. Now, when you look at uh, the plasma fields and electromagnetic fields, they're, they're kind of the two fields that then come out of the ether. And a plasma then turns into gas, liquid, solid. So when we look at the four states of matter, you have plasma, gas, liquid, solid. And most people don't want to talk about plasma and plasma physics because it opens up this whole can of worms of like free energy and all kinds of stuff like that, right? So if people want to get a good book on this on a, a very basic level, you can get um, The Fourth Phase of Water by George Pollock. And he talks about how water can take a fourth phase, which is plasma water, he calls it the easy zone. Uh, most people would be more familiar with this form of water being called structured water, which is what we would actually call living water. Living water is structured. And what that means is the negative and positive electron field of the atoms of the water um, align in this layered form because of the polarity, the resistance. And it almost looks like the water is layered. Whereas dead water, which is water that's not structured, it's just all combobulated and and there's no layering to it. Now, structured water has all kinds of phenomenal principles like memory capabilities. And this is where people have got into uh, different principles where they have actually taking structured water and usually water can become structured in a number of ways, light, movement. So a lot of times people would do something where they spin the water and by spinning the water, it can, it gets structured, but you can even take this to the concept of the Bible, living waters. Well, living waters in nature is water that's moving and is not dead. 
when you get to places where water is stagnant, it becomes dead water. And very fascinating, baptism was supposed to be in living, flowing waters, which is why they usually would go out to a river or somewhere where water was moving, and that's where they would baptize, not in a bathtub where the water's not moving, it's dead. All right, can I just, I gotta say And then the other thing there about (laughs) plasma is plasma, technically, if you want to define it correctly, plasma is a form of light that can travel through gases, liquids, and solids. But when it's in a plasma state, it's neither liquid nor gas, but we would mainly call it light. So examples of plasma in our atmosphere is the sun. The sun is plasma. Lightning. Lightning is plasma. You've seen those plasma balls. You can go to uh, the the, uh, science store and you put your hands on it and the little electrical things come out. Uh, Rife. Rife had the plasma bulb, which, uh, you know, you can see the, the bluish purple plasma in there. Isn't it interesting? Blue and purples. So think of living waters in us coming from the Father. That would be light, positive, or I don't, I don't know if you could say positively charged as in positive and negative, but positive as in it's a good thing, right? So maybe we should take glory, glory-filled light, liquid flowing through our bodies. And that's how the energy systems are supposed to be. That's what the Alephtal body system is. Okay, so by the time this episode airs, it'll already be publicly announced that my book released, and this is the the preface. You ready? Living waters flow from his throne. This temporary earth is not my home. A visitor for now just passing through, hoping to be told, well done. You were full of forgiveness too. (laughs) It's like, okay, just learned a whole nother multi-layered idea on the living water. And it makes so much sense. And what was that doctor's name years ago? A Japanese doctor who did the study on water and how it Emoto. Emoto. I need to remember mm-hmm. that because I have mentioned him over the years. Okay. Now, there was another study done with language, and I have never been able to confirm that this is true. So it's just a nice sounding story. I've had people who said they were able to, and I haven't been able, but they took, um, have you, this is a phenomenal video for people to really watch that I always play in my shows, is uh, Cymatics. So if anyone knows what huh. cymatics is, is where you can put um, filaments on like a piece of metal or something. And a lot of times it's iron shavings or something. And then they're using sound vibration to see how those filaments organize in geomet- geometric uh, patterns. And I'm trying to see if I can find the video for you guys. But there's a really good one where... It's just fascinating when you watch it. I'll find it here in a minute. But what they did is they put this, whatever material they were putting on the plate. Sometimes you can use sand. Yes. And then they were speaking different words Mm -hmm. in different languages and nothing really happened. Now they claimed that when they spoke Hebrew letters, they were just speaking the letters. It actually started taking the form of the letter they were speaking. Now Now, I can't confirm that this is actually true, but... Yeah, It's like, although that's really interesting if it is. So I've heard it said that English is the opposite of Hebrew numerically and in um, value, like signature. I, I don't know enough to actually talk about that in any more depth than what I've already said. But the idea there was, is it's, it's a polar opposite. And I thought fascinating because I've had this theory 
um, I've been nudged and pricked at the idea that the English language is is very loaded and it's strategically designed, especially for incantation and spells. I think it is a designer's language by elite groups much higher than us. And most people don't realize, like, I mean, come on, we just look at Nickelodeon, right? I grew up, I'm, this is the millennial mustard seed. A lot of people are millennials here. We grew up watching a show called Nickelodeon. But if you look at it, what it means in Latin, for example, um, it means to like dishonor God or I don't care about God. And it's like fascinating. Well, it seems like such a interest, um, like an innocent statement. And, you know, they fill the entertainment of in the past, our young child minds with all these cool cartoons and humor and laughter and fun colors and uh, audio clips that, I mean, you know, I follow a group on Instagram called, you know, millennial nostalgia or something like that to another. And it's always like clips of stuff that people that are, you know, 40 and under are going to remember. It's going to trigger them like, oh man, that's my childhood. Right. And it's just yeah, fascinating yeah. how the English language is so loaded. It It's, ah, I don't even want to get into it yet. Cause I haven't marinated long enough to talk about it in a way that I truly believe what I'm saying. So I'm going to leave that one alone for now, but, uh, unless, yeah, you have that might take on. a, <laughs> whole nother show it's, that's gonna take a whole nother series because <laughs> what in english we have 26 letters yeah that's significant to me okay tell hebrew, me more in hebrew you have 22 letters but then you have five final forms yes mm-hmm. now do you know that your dna is actually uh if you see this is it's interesting perspective, right? So they say the DNA is what 42 chromosomes or 44. Now I'm confusing myself. 23 times two. So that's uh 46. Yeah. But with the chromosomes, you have a left and a right side. And so Chromosome one is the same on the left and the right, but it's bipolar or bi, uh, but bilateral. Interesting, the Hebrew points on the body are the same way. So in reality, men and women both actually have 22 pairs of chromosomes. And the only thing that's different between men and women is we have one chromosome, one pair that is of chromosome that is different. That's the male and female chromosome, which is number 23. So I just find that very interesting that the base set of chromosomes for both male and female are actually 22 pairs. There's like there's 22 letters. Oh what do you think goodness. controls the chromosomes? I'll give you a hint. It's the Hebrew letters on the body. And then the sex chromosome is kind of like the five final forms. Now, the interesting thing about the five final forms is they're not separate letters. There are one, there's five of the original 22 letters that takes a different form, a different pictographic form, a different shape, and a different numerical meaning. And they used to use them kind of like at the end of a sentence or end of a thought, almost like a period, because they didn't have points and dots and all that thing in the original Hebrew. The original Hebrew was pictographic. So all that stuff was added much later. So they would add these different... Uh, forms of letters to kind of let people know that we're at an end of a sentence or end of a thought 
here you go. But it's interesting they have different meanings. Oh my goodness, there's so many we can go here. But <laughs> and so when I started mapping out the Hebrew letters on the body, oh, it was very interesting because I was looking at the points and historically this system was only numbered. And the numbers are all over the place. They're not in order like acupuncture. In acupuncture, if you have a pathway, at the beginning of the pathway, they they call it point number one, and maybe it's the large intestine. So large intestine number one, and the next point is number two, and then number three, and it comes all the way up. When you see these these points that I'm talking about in the Alatah body system, in the ancient text that we have, they were numbered, but they were all random. Like the one would be in, your, in inside your knee and the two is on your back and the three is all the way up the top of the shoulders. And then, you know, when you get to the five, you're back down to the foot. And it's like, well, they're not in any order. Why? So then I started realizing, well, their order is by the order of the Hebrew letters. A one is a one and a one in Hebrew is the Aleph and two is Bet and three is Gimel. It was the Hebrew letters. So I was doing that. And then when I got to I got to some issues because what what I was doing is I was looking at, okay, what does this point control in the body? Okay, so let's summarize that. And then I would look at what's the meaning of the Hebrew letter. It's pictographic meaning, it's numerical meaning, all the meanings you can find about that Hebrew letter in scripture. And the fascinating part, which you have my book now, so you're probably starting to see this, is they perfectly match. The function of that point and the meaning of the Hebrew letter are the same. And it's like, what? How's that possible? <laughs> it's like, so point number one wow. in the body has to do with prime creator, prime movement. Yes, it has to exactly. do with anything to do with number one and movement. And it happens to be on the inside of your knee. So when you start thinking about that, it's like, okay, what's the first thing that has to move for your body to move? Well, you have to bend your knee. Yeah. What does the Hebrew letter Aleph represent? It represents the creator, the father. Well, what do we do in the presence of the Father? We bend our knees. <laughs> it's like, it's all there. It's like ingrained on the body. So what happened is then when I got to point number 22, I had a problem because there were more points. <laughs> there were 26 points. Actually, 27 points. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now what? Well, then I started looking at the five final forms and I was like, oh, five final forms actually makes 27 and i mapped them out i'm like okay this guy matches all the way up to the 27th which has been the missing point throughout history as far as i can tell i was able to finally identify point 27 on the body but that is the final zadi so i thought okay this is either i'm gonna make it or break it and of course it made it because if you look at the normal zadi especially in the modern form, it looks like a picture of a person kneeling and praying. It looks kind of like uh, a Y with the bottom stem bent, if people can imagine that. And Zadi is where we get the word Zadakah, which is righteousness. So in Hebrew, the normal Zadi is the letter that represents the humble righteous man. Now, the final Zadi, the picture is different, and it looks like a normal Y that's elongated with, so it looks like a man standing with his hands up. And the meaning of the final Zadi is the righteous resurrected man. 
So we have a Hebrew letter that represents the righteous resurrected man, which correlates to a Hebrew point on the body that is not active. Because we don't have resurrected bodies yet. Oh my gosh. All right. So those but who it might have been active originally in the garden. So those who willingly bend their knee, right? Right now. So it's a lifestyle, it's posturing. Those who are in Christ Jesus, in him we have our movement, we have our being. It is in it is him who works in and through us to cause his will to come about. If we are with him. Right. And yep. so we willingly bow a knee now and confess him Lord and Savior. What's fascinating is that the Bible also says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And there's the great judgments where even the dead will be yep. lifted up. So it's like we're willingly doing that now. And that is the voting booth. That's the choice. That's the free will choice that you as a listener, me, you, Doc, we all have to make. Are we going to believe and follow? after the way yep. and it's just so fascinating oh my gosh man and, and we now, still you can look, go 10 directions on this it's great yeah if you get into the back of my book i have the extended list of the sits so if anyone doesn't remember sit stands for the satanic information technology okay so this is the this is the nanotech software that was given to man from who knows right i mean we don't know it was either the fallen ones or the Nephilim or the, the disembodied spirits. But someone from that camp gave man this nanotechnology called SIT. And we don't even know if it's actually physical or if it's just energetic. Yes, because exactly. it's the software version of nanotech. Now, yeah. that list was divinely given to me through a download. Two of them. Because at first I thought I had it. And... I didn't know what I was writing down. I was just writing down what he told me to write down. And I'm writing them down. He's like, keep them in order. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, he's like, keep them in order. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, I don't know why the order is so important. Well, then when I went back and looked at it, the order was important because there was 22 of them. And oh then he gosh. spoke to me again. He said, you didn't get it all. Well, when I was done, there was 26. <gasps> and when I looked at what the meaning of the different SITs, I realized what the demonic system has done is they took the Hebrew understanding of the Hebrew points on the body, which controls the body software that God created, and they perverted it and they made their own synthetic nanotech software that's a counterfeit to how God created the body. And there's 26. I haven't found a 27th yet, but I have a feeling they are working on some type of nanotechnology spiritually oh to try to perform resurrections but maybe they don't have the authority or power to do that yet so that's why they have to use the dark arts i don't know it but, reminds me in <laughs> the, the antichrist instead of christ who gets the wound oh okay yeah i can't go there <laughs> but that oh. comes back to the english language having 26 yes. letters yes and in so the bible like, oh, talk about so what is that is that the counterfeit of the hebrew well, yes, because, you know, the Bible also, and I believe it's Proverbs, hopefully I'm not getting this wrong, I'm going to um, paraphrase here, but it talks about don't eat their bread, they're, they're not really with you or for you, right? They, it's kind of like they smile in your face, but they're not really for you. And it's like, if there's a real one, somebody who really is in a relationship and communicating with the Lord. And they have a broken and contrite spirit, the Lord does not reject that person. And okay, so none of us are perfect. None of us got this all figured out. We're all learning and growing while healing and hurting. This is just the way it is in my opinion. But 
when people really have the light of Christ in them, it, you'll feel it, in my opinion, too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. more than just Tangible. words. It's not just van- vanity of word, right? And so it, it's like you can't fake Christianity because we can't do it on our own. It has to be from the one who rose from the dead. According mm-hmm. to the scriptures on the third day, he was lifted up the name that is above every name. And this is so fascinating to me. And this is where the sheeps and the goat are going to start to separate, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, when we read mm-hmm. a revelation and, and the Lord says um, to the goats, he's like, listen, get away from me. I never knew you. And they're like, but we prophesied in your name. We did this, we did that. And it's like, well, that's the opposite of being led by the spirit. And it's the opposite of the humility of the recognition that it is God who works in and through us, because that's not me. That's he. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and there's some humility that has to come with that. That's why I say things, Doc, like we all have a little something wrong and we all have a little something right. That's just why, because I believe in that, because I yep. see good in people. I see good in the world, but I also see a, a lot of darkness and a lot of yep. fog and covering. But the glory of this gospel that we have been given that remains the same is the hope and the resurrection being told, well done, my good and faithful servant. That final yati, if I'm saying that right. Zati. That final, yep. Zati. That final position that that you're talking about. And that creates so much joy and hope in me to have this deeper layer of understanding about what that is. And, uh, yeah, and wow. then that's also, again, the physical and the spiritual represent each other. Ex- always. So you see time. it in the physical body. Uh, that's why the energetic testing I, I do that works and why people who do the uh, uh, muscle testing or, I mean, there's all kinds of different names for that, works because the body doesn't lie. You can't fake out the body. Exactly. And when you understand how these Hebrew points on the body works, I mean, you know, I've gotten to <clears throat> a point where a lot of times I can just look at the shape of a person's body and know what their problems are because based on how you're living, you're going to cause different problems to different Hebrew letters. And then that energy is going to start changing shape and it will physically change the shape of your physical body. Exactly. Exactly. So imagine what he sees when he sees us. It's like, you can't hide anything. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yeah. fascinating it's like a, we're an open book and then when he's redeeming us and, and and healing which we've as people let's just be honest i'm not speaking for everybody but for myself a lot of years of throwing everything into the empty void inside of myself but him you know mm-hmm. I, I have another original quote i put in the book the bible is the only book that exposed how many years i wasted sitting in the dark you know He's the answer. And to understand this stuff, because we're called to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We're called to not be ignorant of the devil's devices. So when people do say things like, oh, this conversation is new age, I don't have a lot of um, time to argue with these people. It's like, listen, if, if you want this really mundane, fake version of Christianity where it's not actually real. You're not in love with it. You're not chasing it down. You're not knocking on the door. You're not pursuing with all of your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. 
then I don't know what to tell to you. I can't speak for you. But for the people out there that this message today, Doc, is going to bring encouragement. It's going to uplift them. It's going to give them joy. It's going to make them hungry to go deeper again. You know, the proverb talks about it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the duty of the princes and kings to seek it mm-hmm. out. Man, I am loving this episode. You got me on cloud nine with this one. And you know, We're a lot gonna, of people say, well, ah, the Bible, the Bible isn't a scientific book. And it's like, that's true. It wasn't designed to be a scientific book. But let me tell you something. All real science that we can verify does not contradict the Bible one bit. In fact, the Bible confirms real science. Science is a weak and half of the stuff we've been talking about has been measured. Yes. So when people say, "Well, it's new age," well, it's been measured. So either your God's a little pathetic wimp who can't do anything, or you have the wrong God because uh, He had to create all this. And science, in my opinion, is a weak observation of limited understanding yeah. of yep. the eternal truth. That's yeah, what I it mean, is. Look how much we can't measure. I mean, exactly. we know there are sounds we cannot hear and there's yeah. colors we can't see that animals yes. can. Well, yes. so, well, we have a big problem there, don't we? Because that means there's a whole lot we don't know and we can't perceive. And that's what's scary about AI and what artificial intelligence and some of the bots or <laughs> the physical <sighs> creations that they will be able to p- pick up on these heat signatures and, and hearing uh, pitches that us as humans can't hear. It really makes me wonder... Um, about this AI. I remember back in, I think it was 2020 or 2021, I asked Gary Wayne, I'm like, so do you think that demoniac, that they can actually inhabit a a robot, you know, just like the Terminator movies, man, you know, Mm -hmm. is that that really possible? And I, I just remember the first time I really had that thought intelligibly in a conversation that I could get a decent answer. Cause I remember watching those movies as a kid and just knowing something's wrong here. And I'd look over at my, you know, this is in the nineties. I look over at my dad and he's on this huge, like hundred pound computer screen, you know, computer and everyone would be sitting around watching him do an email or connecting, you know, it was like, and, and I just had the strangest thoughts back then. And I'm like, it used to freak me out because I used to think, why am I weird? Like, why, why everyone else is fascinated and loves this computer? And I'm like really skeptical, like tiptoeing around it. Like, what is that thing going to do? It's just so fascinating. I don't even know why, but it is what it is, man. It just feels good to be able to get answers and to just um, know that God has a plan for my life and that this information is helping other people just like me and you. Man, we're going to start to wind down just a little bit here, Doc. So let's do a recap. Yeah. Just on the last three episodes, I want to just give you the floor back to just kind of, if you feel like there's any loose ends, tie them up and however you want to kind of wind down. All right. Well, let's first help give people that video. Um, so if you go to YouTube, you would search for a cymatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. And the subtitle is Science Verse Music, Nigel Stanford. And there is a phenomenal video on there where they're showing how sound can change the shape and form of physical matter. And when you watch this video, you're going to see a lot of plasma physics. So I think it's a phenomenal uh, visual and auditorial aid that just helps people to go like, wow, because, you know, we can talk about this stuff, but when you see it, it's just a whole nother world. But think about that definition we had of the ether and 
lightning and fire and order and all that kind of stuff when you watch this this little video. But um, well, I think we talked about the Aleph top body system and how the Hebrew letters are on the body and they control all kinds of stuff. And basically, the enemy has just been a counterfeiter. So he's been making all this weaponized pathogens and nanotechnology to be basically a counterfeit of what God created on our bodies. And there's all kinds of ways he is hacking and trying to harvest our energy. And a lot of it is by distorting the copper. They want the copper for themselves. They don't want it for us. And, um, you know, that's, that's the game. So I think a lot of this is just getting out of the matrix and realizing, I think it's realizing how rich our faith could really be. Um, it's not just some dead book where we go to church and we sit in a pew and we listen to someone teach. It's like, no, we are living a real spiritual existence in a physical body. And there is a war that's all around us, whether we see it or not. And uh, you have to fight. Uh, they're not going to leave you alone. And a lot of people just have this idea that, oh, if you just leave it alone, then they're not going to bug you. But it's like, no, they're they're affecting you whether you want to believe it or not. So it's better to get into the fight than to sit on the sidelines. But it becomes much richer of a faith when you realize what is actually going on and how all this stuff actually works together. It's not just stories. It's like you start getting into this stuff and you're like, wow, this actually makes sense about what actually happened in the Old Testament and stuff that was happening in the New Testament. Because sometimes we read those stories and we go, what did that really happen? It's like that almost doesn't sound real. But when you start learning this kind of stuff, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe that was real. Maybe they actually had these real encounters. So I think that should give us a lot of um, encouragement and hope to press in and say, hey, you know what? We do have answers to this stuff. Uh, if we know the enemy and his plans and we know what God is capable of doing and what he's revealing to us, then, hey, we have real strategy and real weapons to counteract this stuff. Uh, the dangerous place is when we stick our hand, our heads in the sand and pretend like this stuff doesn't exist and pretend like somehow it's not going to affect me. You know, oh, it's going to get everyone else out there, but you know, I'm good. I've arrived. It's like, no, you haven't arrived yet. Uh, you're still in the same battlefield as everyone else. Now, I want to leave people with a cliffhanger for mm. a future appearance with you. Um, it'll probably be a little while because I know I know you're busy, but I want people to anticipate your return, just as they already do, but even more so. And I don't want you to get into the details of it, but you had a Nephilim encounter. Is oh, right? I did. And I've been attacked multiple ways, which this say? There's poisonings, the anger, you guys. What? Multiple poisonings, <laughs> Nephilim, directed energy weapons, yeah, and an encounter with AI. What is AI? And are the Nephilim causing problems <laughs> in your neighborhood is going to be a big question as That's time right. goes on. So you guys can look forward to Dr. Monzo's fourth appearance in the, the near future. And we will jump into the details of these attacks he's experienced. And if you guys are experiencing this stuff, 
we've laid out quite a foundation here on the mustard seed with resources, with respected and God-fearing individuals who are not afraid to stand on the front line and help the body, you know, bearing each other's burdens and so fulfilling the law. We are limping along together, but God, and you're not alone. The networks are being created and God is doing a new thing in this day and age. So continue to speak life, continue to pray, and continue to share these episodes with friends, family members, coworkers, with your pastor, and share them with your doctor. Monzo, thank you so much for being here with me again. My pleasure. I love to be on here and help people as much as I can. That's it. That's the show, you guys, coming to you from southeastern Pennsylvania. God bless and goodbye. another good one that was a really good one doc you never know where we're gonna go I, I that's what makes it the best in my opinion like just just allowing the conversation to unfold organically there's nothing better than doing it that way if you can get that book the coming flood of ai okay what is his name dave oh now i forget uh beverly hmm. it's phenomenal and i think i take his stance too that uh, AI is not artificial intelligence, it's alien intelligence. Wow. He makes a really good case for it. I, I never knew it until I read his book, but did you know that when they first started having AI draw humans, they kept drawing us with six fingers and six toes? What? Yes. They had to keep correcting it to get it stopped. <laughs> now, so, why would AI do that? Exactly. Unless that it's the, the disembodied spirits. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't it be the most intelligent idea ever to create technology that you can embed yourself into so that you're embedded into every aspect of human life? 
it's borderline psychotic and genius because it also would give you a full access library of the maximum amount of information available to the people so yep. that you know exactly what they're playing with and you supersede that because you're you know, we were made a little lower than the angels so whether he brings up in the book too <laughs> yeah he brings up in the book too the question of and he was like he's showing interview this guy is well documented okay i've never heard of him until i heard the book but uh who or what actually created cryptocurrency huh and a lot of the top people who are involved in crypto a lot of them actually believe ai created crypto oh my gosh and it's like oh they created their own economic system That's to force us doing, to the beast mark we're doing a documentary we're gonna get visuals we're gonna get audio we're gonna do diverse interviews and we're going to literally make a documentary to blow the world away at this point in time